What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Waiver Wired presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Jerry Ferrara. And as I always say, fortunately for me, I am not alone. My co-host, Jennifer Piacenti, is joining me. How are you, Jen? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Jerry? Uh, you know, coming off last episode, which we dropped on Monday, which was like our in-memory episode of that. So, you know, I, I, it's been a rough couple of days and I've been whoa, finding whoa, 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 it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, stop. Stop. I'm going to stop you right here. Before you go any further down the rabbit hole, <laughs> I want to throw out some props to you for your what? call on Noah Fant. I think some people cashed in on Noah Fant list because we both liked him, but you loved him. And I know you played him in your lineups, and Noah Fant had a fantastic first game. So good on you, Jerry. Good on you. Okay, so now, I'm not you can, gonna... now you can cry if you want about your other stuff, but first you have to no. take a little bit of a victory dance here for the Noah Fant call. Noah Fant was my FanDuel player to watch on Monday night. And I'm, I am just going to say, and I have him in season long, and I'm going to say he saved my season. He did not win me my game because I was down by so much that even with that beautiful Monday night performance and touchdown catch, that was not enough to get me my win. But he he reinstilled the fact that I I sort of know what I'm doing occasionally can be right. <laughs> so he, he reignited the fantasy football fire because – Sunday night into Monday morning and all day Monday afternoon, I was pretty bummed and looking at my lineups like, well, I did I did it. I I picked three terrible teams, but no offense. He didn't get me to win, but he reignited my love for this weird game we call fantasy football. Um, we got a lot to talk to everybody today. We're definitely gonna discuss FanDuel lineups for sure. And then we even have a nice little surprise. Later on, we're going to be joined by Will Carroll, the injury expert who I've worked with before. He's going to give us some insight into some injuries and what to look out for coming up. But uh, a lot did go on. Remember how I said I do not want to be engaging in any terrible trade offers, and I'm going to really try to be aggressive? The trade market opened up in one of my leagues, let's say, and right out of the gate, got a terrible trade offer. Ooh. Or at least I think it is. So okay, and I, look, true. It might be true. It might be false. The person who I got engaged with in this in this negotiation may even play in the NFL. That could possibly be happening. I'm not going to confirm or deny that he may actually be currently, in the NFL. Currently playing. Currently in the NFL? and in our uh, maybe that could be a thing. Maybe not. I will never confirm okay. or deny, but that right. could be okay. possible. And uh, he put something in the group chat that he needs a receiver. And that he stacked at running back. And me wanting to get involved in trades, I kindly replied, talk to me. I got receivers. So then we switched to a one-on-one text and started talking. I'm looking at his lineup. And he has, you know, Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has Mostert, which is nice. Um, He's pretty deep. He has uh, Malcolm Brown. Uh, He just has a lot of guys. He just has a... He's pretty deep. He could he could stand to lose one. So I initially was like, what are you thinking for Mostert? Because uh, in this league, I have Jacobs, so I'm set at number one. But then I got like a Cam Aker, you know, I, I got a little bit of a mess. The Boston Scott stuff didn't help. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely shore up that, that second spot. He also has Kareem Hunt. So I was targeting Hunt and Mostert. And then he came back saying, well, what receivers are up for 
uh, your team. I said, well, I have Devontae Adams. He's untouchable. And then I have, you know, Cooper Cup, Christian Kirk, uh, Ruggs, Robbie Anderson. I thought maybe we could even do a two-for-one or something for, for Mostert. I know Mostert's a good number two running back. And he comes back to me with, I want Adams. Give me Adams. He said. <laughs> Understood. Now it's PPR. Is it, wait, hold on. Half, Is this a P- that was my question. Half point. I okay. don't think this, this, this guy is understanding, like, Derrick Henry is a stud, right? So I initially 100%. say, well, the conversation even begins with Derrick Henry for talking right. about Adams. That's right. And he, he called me a snake oil used, used <gasps> car salesman. He said, are you nuts? Wow. I said, well, let's go to the numbers. Derrick Henry had a good game. He had 31 carries for 140-something yards. He had 14 and a half points. Devontae Adams had seven points on catches alone. Yeah. And then he says, well, you know, Adams is not going to do that all year. And that's why I said, well, who's the snake oil used car salesman now? So I said, if you want (laughs) Devontae Adams, here's a offer I will entertain. I don't even think I like this offer. I said, Devontae Adams and a receiver of your choice on my bench, which could be Kirk I won't even say maybe Robbie Anderson, who's a home run hitter. And then if you're talking Derrick Henry, his number one receiver after that is Amari Cooper. I said, you got to give me Amari Cooper back. And he was just, he, he treated me as if I was insane. He said, I have offers for Mostert already. He said he had a Julio Jones. Then I just went right to the group chat, put him on blast. I said, is anyone offering Julio Jones for Mostert in this league? I have an (laughs) offer for you. I would like to talk to you first. And I love Mostert. I think Mostert is a really good running back. I do too. And then everyone in the group chat. It's still in a running back by committee situation. Right. And you can't say that he had, that what he's trying to do is sell too high on Mostert because, yeah, Tevin Coleman didn't see a lot of action last week, but he also was dealing with the situation with the air quality. Jarek McKinnon could still be winning people leagues, so he's way trying to sell way too high. I love Mostert, but he is not Devontae Adams. And if you want to talk about stock being high, is there any receiver in football whose stock is higher right now than Devontae no. Adams? I mean, Absolutely Hopkins, no. maybe, sure. Uh, but I mean, so so then it hit me. Uh, if he actually did come back and say, okay, Derrick Henry and Omari Cooper for Devontae Adams and my number two receiver in that league, like number two flex is Cooper Cup. I would like to hang on to Cooper Cup again in PPR. I like Cooper Cup a lot. He really was doing great things for me last year. He's a guy I've held on to, and then he got hurt, of course. So maybe if it's like a Robbie Anderson or uh, I'd like to hang on to Rugs, but I would do Rugs for Derrick Henry and Amari Cooper. Is that something I should really pursue? So you're talking you would get Derrick Henry and Amari Cooper. For Devontae and would, Adams and what would be like a, I don't want to say throw, Christian Kirk, uh, Ruggs potentially, or Robbie Anderson, someone like who's like. I think you like, could do that. I think you could do that because, yeah, look, Der- Derrick Henry led the league in rushing last year. He right. was the league's leading rusher. And specifically this week, I'm putting him in all my FanDuel lineups. He is good chalk. That matchup is fierce. Yes. Jackson. Derrick Henry all the way. So um, I love Derrick Henry, and I think they're going to run their offense a lot through Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think you could do that because there are so many receivers that could pay off, but you just – and Amari Cooper is also going to have a great week this week. So as far as winning this week, that's definitely a win. Um, Yeah, you can do it. Well, here's the thing. Caveat. Oh, oh, I left out the best part. 
I play him this week. This is the guy I'm playing this week. So am I potentially going to give Devontae Adams to the very guy? I'm already 0-1 in this league to the very guy, and then, like, he's going to use him against me? No way. You know, Adams is facing Detroit this week. They gave yeah. up the fourth most points to the wide receiver position last week. I, no. I, it's no deal. I think we just walk away. I think we yep. just walk away. You're fine. We can play the wire for running backs if we need to. Obviously, you can still go out in most leagues and get Naheem Hines. I don't know if you guys did your fab already, but – so much stuff out there. I think you're fine. I, I wouldn't want to give up Devonta Adams. Yeah, I, I, I look because then I thought like, man, would I? Would anyone do? Because he's trying to make the argument for Adams for Henry like straight up and saying he thinks Henry is more valuable than Devonte Adams. Uh, again, in P, I was trying to explain to him, you must not understand what PPR is, or maybe you're struggling with the 0.5 points per reception. But let me. I, the thought that I got was, was romanticized to me because I have Josh Jacobs would ra- really be like, wow, I have arguably like two of the top three yes. to five running backs in fantasy. That's like a set it and forget it barring injuries. I never have to think about that again. You can scramble and put together receivers week by week. You got to get you a can. little lucky. But so right now, currently I'm running, I have Mahomes, I'm running Josh Jacobs out. My Cam Akers, who you have in our auction league that was supposed to be my number two the only running backs i have devin singletary fine uh and then i i go i I went daryl henderson the backup acres didn't get malcolm he actually has malcolm brown as well and then i have like james white and then Tariq cohen who i might be able to get away with this week but for sure this week I should stay. I should stay put on Devontae because I have Devontae Adams. I would stay put because you know what your your running backs that aren't very good right now. Um, first of all, James White I think is going to give you good weeks, and Sneaky. I think that you're still going to get production out of Cam Akers. And I think everyone is buying way too high on Malcolm Brown right now. He happened to be in a good position last week. Even Sean McVay said so. This is not a hey Browns our guy. Right now, that's what happened. They still intend to get Acres back into the game. It just may take a little bit of patience. So I'd hate for you to, you know, not trust that guy. I think you're fine. I would just sit like you are. You have a lot of yeah. Good don't want to. I guess I'm feeling the heat because you know don't want to go 0 and 2 in any of the leagues. I'm facing right. three potential 0 and 2 matchups. Oh, so that I I want to discuss that with you out of the gate. So I'm glad we we got that. Um, do you have anything going on with your lineups that you're a little torn on, or are you pretty set? I don't want to I mean, be completely dominating the question part. I'm pretty of set. Sitting. The main thing is I'm just wondering about starting George Kittle, which I'm definitely going to ask Will Carroll about later because the idea that he's not practicing this week concerns me. Um, so I'm a little concerned there. The rest of the thing is more like I have d- decisions to make because I have some really good people on my bench. Like I happen to have – Mike Williams on my bench. I happen to have Robbie Anderson. I happen to have um, Benny Snell in one of my leagues. So I happen to have a lot of these guys, and it's just trying to decide if I'm, if I should, if it's an overreaction to start playing them over other players. For instance, this week, of course, the Houston Texans have a tough matchup with uh, Baltimore. So yeah. do I play Will Fuller? I mean, he was the main target last week for Deshaun Watson, right? So I really want to play him. And again, as we discussed, he's healthy. And I was talking earlier before the the pod with our producer, Martin, and I was saying, you know, I'm really tempted to play Deshaun and um, Fuller in DFS tournament play because everyone's going to be off them. 
So if I'm going to do like a, a cheap $5 entry on FanDuel and want to win like a $25,000 prize, that's what I need is two really talented guys to exceed expectations and no one else played them so I can win. But in seasonal, I'm a little nervous to play Will Fuller when I have, say, Darius Slayton on that bench. And Darius Slayton got three end zone targets last week and caught two of them. It's clearly Daniel Jones's favorite target. So that's kind of where I am. It's kind of, you know, it's mostly the Will Fuller debate and the George Kittle debate. Uh, you know, Mike Evans did come through for some fantasy owners, not me, because I was down by so many points. But, you know, he did get get some points out of a potential situation where he wasn't even going to play. It seems like he's playing week two. Now, is Mike Evans, and now Godwin had some, like, late concussion right. stuff happen. So, like, is Mike Evans now back to stardom no matter what, even if it's the nagging hamstring? Because yeah. playing Carolina week two, Derek Carr completed 73% of his passes in week one. So, is Mike Evans now that official auto start, even with yeah. the nagging hamstring? Yeah, you got to start Mike Evans. I mean, he was like a top pick for you, and it, especially if no Godwin. And then, of course, super sleeper pick if he's still available. It, you know, look at what's going on with Godwin. Maybe Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller was signed up so fat. Let me tell you something, okay? I sent you a screenshot, I think. <laughs> uh, I had all three leagues, Scotty Miller, getting picked up at various hours of the night. He was picked up yeah. like on one at midnight, another at Scotty Miller was snatched up the minute it looked like Mike Evans was struggling a little bit. My bigger question is, because I have the Brady-Evans connection, and that was mm -hmm. one of my questions going into week one was kind of the, the young guys versus the old guys. I have both, Bre I have Breeze and Brady in leagues, and then Rivers didn't look good. The only older elder statesman yeah. like big ben looked pretty good he was a little nervous at the beginning yeah right mm -hmm. uh and you know I, that might have more to do with the giants so like i mean when is it time to move off brady and i have Kirk cousins yeah. backing brady up i don't think you move off brady yet i think brady's fine it was opening you know jitters and gelling and he didn't have mike evans like he was supposed to and all that so i'm not backing off brady yet and this week they face the Panthers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you, if you're not going to play Brady this week, Brady and Evans, when are you going to play them? I think right. you have to they play just them. drop them. Yeah. 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 I think you just give them a little bit more time. What are you expecting? I mean, we definitely got to talk to Will Carroll, too, about Miles Sander. Sanders. Yeah. I think that's the person oh, that gosh. a lot of people, a lot of, so. a lot of fantasy teams were, were, you know, put together and conceived yeah. with like, okay, Sanders is going to maybe slip a little. I'm going to get him here. I know I'm going to be without him for maybe two to three weeks. He, I think he's playing, right? So, yeah. So, so let's talk about Miles Sanders. I actually had Miles Sanders in a league that I'm playing in with a bunch of pros from New York. And I was up against my friend Howard Bender, one of the best analysts in the industry. And we were head to head this week. And I was so proud of my draft because I was able to get Derrick Henry and Miles Sanders in this draft wow. somehow, some way. And I don't have That's any other healthy. shares of Miles. I know. I have no other shares of Miles Sanders because I, as I've stated before, am a Josh Jacobs over Miles Sanders person. And usually they were going around the same place. So I would have taken Jacobs, but I was able to get them both here. I was so proud. And then the hamstring industry, and I was so bummed and Howard was projected to win. I couldn't stand it. And I decided to start Latavius Murray thinking he would get some. Anyway, long story short, I ended up squeaking by with the win, but I really need Miles Sanders back because I don't want any more squeak buys. 
Because when you take somebody with that much draft capital that early, it's just like the George Kittle thing. Like, you need him. And obviously, Boston Scott didn't work out. He's not a substitute for Miles Sanders. He like, got hurt, unlike, too, which I didn't even notice. Yeah. He got, well, he, I didn't even notice he got injured at some point. I missed that. Yeah. I mean, unlike Benny Snell, who obviously can be a substitute from James Conner based on what he showed us, um, Boston Scott's not. So we really need Miles Sanders back. So I'm playing him. He's been practicing, so I'm going to trust it and go for it because of where I drafted him. Do I think he's necessarily going to have a great week? I don't know, but Philadelphia is desperate. They need some serious help. Yeah, that was a major screw-up by me in, in the one league. I, 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 I drafted Connor. I think I got him late second round or whatever, so it wasn't terrible. But I, And then I knew I because, I, look, I like I like Connor. I think he's a good player. Um saw an awesome video where he got his dad like a truck it was James really Connor. inspiring and I teared up um might have drafted him based off of that to be honest but I knew I said I gotta at some point and I even wrote it on like a post-it note like draft it was like the scene and draft it like draft Benny Snell no matter what because I just knew yeah. you know Connor hasn't had the best luck and I literally right. missed him by one spot and as the guy <sighs> who beat me in week one he didn't start Benny Snell but now he's sitting there with Benny Snell as well so I'm very exposed that. in this other league. I have Connor out, um, a Galladay probably out. So question for you, and this is the one I have mm -hmm. breathing when I have Joe Burrow breathing down his neck. Um, so I have these rookies. I have Judy, I have Rager, I have Zach Moss. I need all. a replacement for Kenny Galladay. Of those names, and it ties into another question. You said Who's Judy that? Ruggs and Moss? Judy Ruggs and Zach Moss. Ruggs. Rugs, yes. Rugs, that's the one to play. Rugs, really? Colorado. Yeah, because he was on track before he got injured. He was tearing it up for Las Vegas. Right. So I know that it's versus New Orleans, but you know Judy still looked a little bit nervous, a little rookie happy. Um, right. Zach Moss would be, of course, my second choice. But is this PPR? It is PPR, yes. That's why I lean Ruggs, because if it were standard, I would lean Moss, because Moss is clearly getting the goal line carries. Like, there's no question about that. That's how they're dividing it. They're both going to catch, but Zach Moss will get in the end zone. So I guess that's more of who do you think is going to get it. If you want to do the touchdown play, I would go Zach Moss. If you just want to go, like, volume of catches, then it looked pretty clear that Ruggs was going to be very involved in that passing game. So, yeah, which of these rookies, outside of rookie quarterbacks, uh, if you were kind of doing a redraft right now, let's do mm -hmm. this real exercise. So <clears throat> yeah. And I'm just going off. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some names here, but the guys that come to mind are lamb Dobbins, Hilaire, Rager, Ruggs, Judy Moss. You have the number one pick. I think I know who you're taking. Who's number one. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Right. Agreed. So the more important question, the more interesting question is who are you taking number two? Out of again, so he's off the board. So Dobbins, Lamb, Rager, Ruggs, Judy, Moss. Who's your number two pick can, of the fantasy? Can I draft? take Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I left Taylor out. See, yeah. my fault. I left, I knew I left someone out. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan that would be your Taylor. number two pick? That would be my number two pick, would be Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I just feel like all these guys are going to be playing starters on most fantasy teams by the end of the year. I feel like they're getting the looks. I feel like they're, they're, they're thriving in this kind of situation. Yeah. And running backs got so many more looks than we thought that they would. And, and for instance, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. So Marlon Mack 
now out season ending torn Achilles. And Frank Reich went straight up and said, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the number one guy. Now, one thing that you guys should think about, and I just want to just quickly touch on a FanDuel lineup here. This might be the least expensive price you're going to get for Jonathan Taylor all season. He is, I believe, $5,800 on FanDuel. Um, That's ridiculous. Now, Naheem Hines is 5,300 on FanDuel. Both of these guys, huge boom potential. I know that Phillip Rivers kind of stunk his first time out, but one really notable stat, he targeted his running backs 17 times. So when you're getting points like you are in FanDuel, FanDuel is a half point PPR league essentially. For those targets and catches, that really adds up. And I just think that they both have possibility. Remember last week, Hines had a receiving and a rushing touchdown. $5,300 on FanDuel, and they're facing Minnesota. Minnesota stunk it up last week. They gave up so many points. They gave up the ninth most points to running backs last week. They gave up the most points to wide receivers last week. So I'm also looking at Paris Campbell, who tied T.Y. Hilton for nine targets at only $4,500 on DraftKings. So Jonathan Taylor, I, I don't see how you don't use him. He And, and everyone's knock on Jonathan Taylor was that he can't catch. Remember, he set the rushing record, sixth, sorry, sixth all-time in NCAA rushing yards is what Jonathan Taylor did in college. And the knock was, but he doesn't catch. Well, he caught all six of his six targets. And if you don't think that adds up, what happened with Austin Eckler last year when he was with Phillip Rivers, right? So I see these guys as huge boom potential, and that's why I really like Jonathan Taylor. So you brought up something now that I think I'd be a little nervous for. And I actually, this was another trade conversation I briefly had. I told you I was going to be busy this year. I am not just drafting a team and going quietly into the night. Austin Eckler, not the greatest yeah. week one, and not, you shouldn't really overreact after one game. That was someone right. I had on my draft boards, and he actually went higher than I even thought he was going to go, so I didn't get him in any of my leagues. I think Austin Eckler is still a, a, a great player, and I by no means be like selling low on him right now, but um, you mentioned the Phillip Rivers and how mm. stat of how much he's throwing to his running back. Is, is Austin Eckler missing Phillip Rivers? I mean, it's been one game, so, but are we, uh, yeah. is that a worthy overreaction? Um, it's, it's, it's a possible reaction. I, I, it, you know, I don't want to overreact. I'm like you. I love Austin Eckler, right. but he saw one target, and I think that's due to the fact that Tyrod Taylor is going to try to make plays with his legs. And they're not running the offense the same way they were. I still think Austin Eckler is a great player. I still want Austin Eckler, but maybe he's not going to be as valuable. Maybe he is going to miss Phillip Rivers. Kind of a bummer. And then, you know, you've got who's coming up behind him. I was betting on Justin Jackson, took him late in a few leagues. But now it looks like maybe it's Joshua Kelly. Of course, Jackson left a little injured, but we don't really know what's going on there. I think Austin Eckler still sits atop of that committee, but will he give you that boom PPR potential? I just don't know. And and back to Phillip Rivers in, in Indianapolis, remember when Melvin Gordon was healthy, Eckler and Gordon were still both extremely valuable in PPR league. So that's how much of a difference that quarterback can make. Now, of course, they may not stick with Tyrod Taylor. They may switch over to Justin Herbert. That might change it again. Who knows? But don't panic and fire sale him. Ah. Uh said the magic words, panic. That's what I try not to do. Um, I did, yeah, someone did reach out to, and this was not, I didn't even let this negotiation go far, and this was more friendly. 
And there was another Jacobs inquiry. Uh, and then he mentioned like an Austin Eckler situation. And that's what made me think of this question. I'm like, ah, oh, I just can't. I'm telling you, I get it. We all want to make trades that benefit our team. But this one particular league, the offers are just like, in what world? I'm not even saying that's a bad offer, but like right. my owners won't let me make that move. That's what I wish I could say as a GM. I really wish I could blame someone else and just say my owners won't let me make that move. Um, you can start blaming me. You can be like, uh, I can't because Jim will yell at my, me on the pod. My co-host, yeah, my co-host <laughs> and uh, far superior fantasy player, no, Jennifer, hardly. will not let me... Well, not let me make that play. Um, okay, let's talk to my buddy Will Carroll about some injuries. I got lots of questions for him. But before we do that, we want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Waiver Wired is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Sports are back. Basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, baseball, golf, and more. And now we have NFL. And Jerry, even though both our teams didn't come out on top last week, they're coming out on top this week. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. I love FanDuel. I love winning money. But why do you love FanDuel, Jerry? I play FanDuel because you get to pick a new team every game. So many times in season long, my season was over by week four, but not on FanDuel. You get to pick a new team or a new player each and every game. And like you mentioned earlier, Jen, you get to compete for cash prizes. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season, no deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you could win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com slash WaiverWired or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Now let's talk to my good buddy, Will Carroll. All right, joining us on the show, I'm very excited to talk to this man. It's been a few years. He's been very, very helpful to me in the past. Jen, I think he's going to be helpful to a lot of our listeners now. Joining us now is Will Carroll, who uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Injury Expert. He has a fantastic injury newsletter called Under the Knife. Will Carroll, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. You know, uh, kind of the pandemic has got everybody down, but football's back. And you know, if you squinted just a little bit, if you didn't look at, up at the, the seats, it felt normal, didn't it? And isn't that what we want? Isn't that exactly what we need right now is a little bit of normal in our lives? Yeah, and I think once they kind of figure out where to pipe in the cheers and the booze and proper parts, I think we're, it's going to feel <laughs> even more realistic. Uh, there was a few moments during the games where it's like, oh, that, that we should be cheering louder. The, the fake crowd <laughs> should be cheering louder. What? My favorite part was Al Michael saying how eerie it sounds without any crowd noise as they're piping in the crowd noise. <laughs> Gotta love Al Michaels. Uh, I, I'm sure he never thought in his career he'd be calling a game in an empty stadium, but uh, add that to his things he's accomplished in uh, in his career. Um, well, I'm going to open it up to Jen because I know she has some some injury questions, as do I, and I know our listeners definitely want some insight. Uh, Jen, what's on your mind most going into this week, too? 
I mean, I have quite a few, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and start out with the, the elephant in the room, the Michael Thomas injury. This is someone that a lot of us drafted in the first round of our seasonals, someone we really counted on, and we saw him kind of have a poor game last week, and then it came out afterward that he had this high ankle sprain, which of course sounds terrible because that's something Saquon Barkley had last year, and even when he came mm -hmm. back, he didn't seem to perform well. So we've got a lot of panic going on. What should our panic level be? Can you give us a little insight into a high ankle sprain? Yeah, absolutely. First, let's understand what a high ankle sprain is. I don't know who came up with the term, but it's not actually the ankle. We all know where our ankle is. It's the joint between the lower leg and the foot. You can move your foot around, you roll it around, and we all have been out there playing pickup basketball and rolled it over. It hurts, you hop around, it swells up a little bit, but you go on with life. The high ankle is just above it, and it's not the joint that we're used to. It's the joint actually between the two small or two two bones of the lower leg, the tibia and the fibula. There's this thick, sometimes two, sometimes it's split in some people, uh, but it, it's a thick ligament. And, and there's not a lot of movement there, as you can imagine. But as you're twisting, as you're putting lateral force on it, that's where that ligament kind of holds everything together. And you don't want those bones getting apart. Where we see this happen and why we're seeing more and more high ankle sprains is guys get hit from the outside and their legs are so strong, we focus so much on the knee that if you get hit at the knee, above the knee, and you feel everything give, a lot of times the foot will roll inward, opposite, uh, you know, over the, the arch kind of to describe it, rather than what we call a basketball sprain now where you roll over the outside of the foot. Now, when that ligament gets, gets stretched, it's a sprain just like any other ligament, but it doesn't heal very fast and it tends to swell a lot to protect it. Uh, so that's why we see these as three, four, even six week injuries at times. Uh, sometimes surgery, you have to remember Tua Tagovailoa, uh, he certainly had that major hip issue, but on both high ankles, he's had major surgery to absolutely reconstruct that, not with another ligament or tendon, but with Kevlar. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully those won't break and hopefully he won't get <laughs> shot there, but he's okay if he does. So with Thomas, what he has is one that swelled up afterwards. He was able to play through it. We don't know whether it was affecting him. The fact that he was out there and making cuts on that turf tells me it wasn't that bad at the time. So once they get the swelling out of there, he should come back. I do think this is going to be a two, three-week injury. And I think we also have to take a look at this three-week injured reserve. is going to make a lot of decisions for teams. It was put there for COVID to let people recover and have that roster spot not just hang out there like a normal IR. But teams are looking at it saying, I got a two or three week injury, I'm using it. So we're gonna see a lot more IR moves this year than what we're used to with the NFL. Wow, well, obviously we hope Michael Thomas gets on the field soon. Uh, I'm gonna kind of segue into what I like to call, it feels like it's the National Hamstring Injury League. There's so yeah. many, particularly receivers, but even a few running backs in there, there's so many hamstring injuries. I have quite a few uh, hamstring injured players on my fantasy rosters. Uh, what kind of, what makes the difference of these hamstring injuries? It feels like some guys play through and some guys can't. Like Kenny Galladay, who is a receiver I'm start, I want to start, yeah. uh, he seems to be missing game two from everything I'm reading. And it's a hamstring. Yeah. And is a hamstring, like, is that something that might just linger the whole entire year? That's the worry, is these do have a tendency to recur. If you don't let them heal, then they, they do recur. I mean, think about any muscle tear 
uh, strain is those muscles pulling apart. And as you get a bigger grade, it needs more time to heal back up. And even then, it's healing up with scar, which is 75, 80% as strong as normal muscle fiber. So it does take time to build that up. That's why we see some guys come back uh, and, and it's too soon and they go right back out. I think what you need to look for and what fantasy players out there need to know is even though they're all wide receivers, even though you might only have two or three slots for them, they're not the same position. I mean, you've got big receivers, small receivers, speed receivers, route receivers, physical receivers, guys who are combinations of all those. So I think what you have to do is take a look at a guy like Galladay, who's more of a route runner, uh, than say a guy like a Deshaun Jackson, who's more of a speed receiver. Uh, or, you know, you take a guy who had almost, this wasn't a hamstring, this was a foot, but think about Antonio Gates, who could basically not even run, but he was so big and physical, he would just go down there, kind of post up, going back to his basketball days, and, you know, he'd, he'd have two catches for four yards and a touchdown. And it was still a pretty good fantasy day. So I think we have to take a look at first, what kind of player are we dealing with? Is this a speed receiver? If so, hey, you know, if he's only 75% as fast, is he going to be 80% as good? Probably not. Uh, if it's a big guy who can go out there and run slants, you need to take a look at both the role, uh, their target uh, saturation, and then what routes they're running. So you got to get kind of deep into this to really assess. Uh, it's not just this is what you do with a wide receiver. It's what you do with this specific wide receiver. So let me uh, piggyback on that question a little bit. Uh, what about the sprained AC joint? So is, we've seen that with Mike Williams, who we were all worried about yeah. the surgery. And then he came back last week and he looked incredible, you know, barely missing a few deep threats, lots of deep targets. He looks totally fine. But then we've got like Cortland Sutton, who we're concerned about. Is he going to be back this week? Like, how do we judge something like that? Is it also dependent on the type of receiver they are? Absolutely. What you have to look at with the AC joint, which is the acromioclavicular joint, it's the one right in between uh, the acromion process, which is part of the shoulder, and the clavicle, your, your collarbone. It's that joint right here. When you separate it, we used to just call it a separated shoulder. Now it's an AC sprain because there's, a, again, a small ligament in there that gets stretched. What was great with Mike Williams is the Chargers went all NHL on us and were like, no, 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 it's upper body injury. And, and then <laughs> on hard knocks the next week, they're showing us exactly what happened with Anthony Lynn standing over him going, oh, it's an AC sprain, uh, which I thought was fairly impressive for my head coach. <laughs> Uh, so what we see with those is first you have to look at function. The thing that hurts is moving it. So does your receiver need to reach out or reach up for those kind of, of moves? Because if you can't do that, or if it hurts to do that, that's certainly going to take things down. For a guy like Williams, who uh, very notably took an injection, he was able to go out there and do it. But I wouldn't have wanted to bend him on Monday morning. Uh, that has to be sore. You are worried a little bit more about players that, that are willing to do that rather than taking the time to heal. Then again, players want to play, coaches want to win. We see how that goes. So AC sprain all comes down to function. For a guy like Williams, he did, he did do pretty well. And he was a guy that I was off. I didn't think he was going to be able to go up and get those 50-50 balls. I didn't think he was going to be able to go deep, get those fingertip catches. Uh, so uh, you, you do have to read these. You're not always going to be right on those reads. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but someone that I, I'm just, I, I, I employed the, uh, draft and stash kind of mentality with, because I felt like I was pretty, 
set at receiver at that point, and this would be a yeah. player that may be coming I think the initial reports were week six. I'm talking about Alshon Jeffrey. Now, I don't even fully know, full disclosure, what I know he had surgery last year on his yep. foot, I believe. Like, I don't even know what his yep. various injuries and ailments are or when to expect him back. I heard week four, week six. Um, do you yep. have any insight into Alshon Jeffrey? The Eagles certainly could use some healthy uh, bodies back on offense. So do you have any insight into Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah, what he had is a Liz Frank fracture. Now, there are two Liz Frank injuries, and sometimes people just say Liz Frank injury because they're not sure. They don't want to screw it up. There's a Liz Frank sprain, which is a ligament. Uh, Liz Frank fracture is obviously a bone. And Liz Frank uh, was, was actually a, a French gynecologist uh, during the Napoleonic Wars. And he, he was the first one, to, I know, he was the first to discover this specific type of fracture. Uh, horsemen would fall out of their, their, uh, their saddles uh, their foot would be caught in a stirrup and it would snap that bone. Uh, downside, Liz Frank's uh, cure was to uh, amputate the foot. Luckily, we've gone a little bit better than that these days. But it is a very small bone, but it's entirely necessary for the structure of the foot. If that bone is broken, the whole thing doesn't work. So they did the surgery, pinned it back in. He's healing up. The question is, when is he going to be back to function? Yeah, they've already got Jalen Rager down. Deshaun Jackson doesn't look like the Deshaun Jackson of old. I do think that was a perfect draft in stash because you weren't expecting something week one. You knew if you get him back in week four, really good. If you get him back in week six, it's probably a little bit better from an injury standpoint. Maybe you don't get quite as much value from him, but you probably drafted him 12th, 13th, one of those lottery picks where you're just hoping you get something out of them. So with Liz Franks, we do have a really high success rate of these guys coming back. And who knows? Jeffrey's a guy that the Eagles have been looking to trade for a while. So maybe they move him somewhere. He becomes the number one wide receiver. Uh, this season, it's all about embracing the weirdness. I think uh, Jeffrey and this kind of draft and stash move was very smart, Jerry. Now, uh, speaking of the LeFranc injury, didn't Sonny Michelle have the same surgery in offseason? I'm not sure if it was the exact same okay. surgery. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head whether Michelle did, but he has come back from it. There are a lot yes. of people that have had these. That's my question. Like, does it matter more for running back versus wide receiver? Does there seem to be any difference? Have you noticed any trend, like, who comes back? Yeah, we do see guys who uh, are speed guys who come back from it better because once okay. they get the structure of that foot, they can run fast. Can they still have that lateral motion? Another fracture we've seen over the last five years 10 years maybe is the Jones fracture, mm -hmm. which is a fracture on the outside of the foot, that fifth metatarsal. And that's simply because the shoes have gotten so good that they're making harder cuts and something's got to give. And it's always the weak link. And in this case, it's a bone. So we see a lot of guys, Julio Jones, uh, there was a cowboy that had it a couple of years ago. Uh, just tons of guys do it. And basically all they do is just run a screw right through the bone and these guys come back. So we have seen a lot of those. With a guy like Sonny Michel, if you watched him last week, all he's doing is running forward. Straight. So yeah. anytime you see a guy with uh, an ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, uh, a knee injury, or some sort of lower leg fracture, they tend to become uh, north and south guys. So if you have that skill set, you know, if you're Sonny Michel, you'd probably be successful doing that. If you're James White, not so much. Right. That's that's great feedback. That's really interesting insight. Can I ask one more quick question? I know we're taking a lot of, of your time, but um, 
I got to ask you about George Kittle because, you know, we drafted him second round. We're so excited. And he says he's going to play on Sunday, but yeah. he's not practicing. And when he came back from his brief injury on Sunday, he didn't get any targets. So that what's my level of concern here. Like, should I be stashing a tight end to maybe, you know, play on Sunday instead? What's the expectation, do you think, for him to really play and play well on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. You know, watching the tape, I'm just not sure whether or not they were using him as a decoy, whether he just wasn't getting as open as he normally does. Garoppolo was a little bit all over the place, so I think we have to put a little bit on him. What we saw was that leg get hyperextended. Basically, the knee bent the wrong way. And that's a mechanism, not an injury. What we're worried about is what got sprained. The, the 49ers did come out and say it was a sprained knee, but there's a lot of ligaments in there, ACL, PCL, MCL. Uh, what actually stretched out and caused the problem? If it was an MCL or an LCL, right. can he not cut as much? So in those cases, you would look for him to be a slant guy. And that's not his game. So, yeah, I'm way off Kittle this week. But because, you know, even though he's not out there to practice, if he's playing this week, they're not worried about him re-injuring that. Uh, I'm off him this week, but long-term, gotta love Kill. Will Carroll, can we count on you to maybe come visit us again from time to time? Could you be the bat signal we put up in the air when we need some some injury expert advice? Absolutely. Of course, Jerry. I'm like the Grim Reaper. When somebody <laughs> goes down, you have to call me, uh, come in with my sickle and explain... Maybe you shouldn't panic quite as much, but I love coming on with you. It's fun to get the band back together. Yeah, let's go live to Will. He's down on the field. Let's go live to Will Carroll. Someone's hurt, I'm sure. I don't think of you as the Grim Reaper, buddy. And I want to point out, I don't know if those of you will see maybe a clip of this on Twitter, but Will Carroll won the the Zoom background award for sure. Uh, <laughs> green screen with a lovely baseball field behind you. So uh, cheers to that. And um I appreciate you doing this. And again, at Injury Expert, you got to follow Will on Twitter and subscribe to Under the Knife. I, I mean, I've, I've been reading that now for a few weeks, and it's definitely very, very helpful going through this up and down NFL season. Thanks a lot, Jerry. All right, Thanks, Will. Jen. Take care, Thanks, my man. Will. Are you ready to do some FanDuel stuff? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Okay. Because something I would like to lead with, and then I want to defer to you, uh, because I, you know, I really want to hear. And also, we finally, we made contact with our week one winner. The head-to-head -head is set. So for those of you who want to, you know, want to get back in, again, it's fanduel.com backslash waiver wired is the link to our contest. And if you win, if you listen to this podcast for the first time, if you win your week, you're going to win some cash and you're going to be eligible for a head-to-head -head the following week. Win that. And then you're on to the, as we like to call it, Tournament of Champions for what I believe to be $5,000 winner take all. There will only be at most 15 participants, maybe less. So the odds are pretty good going in. Yeah. And then, so we um, made contact with our winner, but do we have, a, can we do a celebrity guest reveal? Because I don't know who the celebrity we cannot, we cannot do cannot it do yet. We might, have to yet. Save, we might have to save that because I had okay. the list brokered out and I'm really just... It may not be a celebrity week one. It might be. I mean, it's probably best to front load it, right? Come out of the gate with the celebrity guest picker. But I don't know. I don't like to go with conventional things. I mean, I, I just might want to play matchup here, if that's if I could say. Yeah. I might want to go with a hot hand. Someone I think has maybe been playing and seeing the ball really well when it comes to FanDuel. I have two lineups in the Sunday Million. So some of these are ineligible for our contest because our contest mm -hmm. is also... 
1 p.m. games only because we want to know who the winner is by 4 o'clock. But I don't think that's fair to just talk about our contest. So I have some lineups that also involve 4 o'clock slate and Sunday night game slate. Should I lead with a, a lineup of mine or do you want to, yeah. do you have a player you want? Okay. Here for, the reason why I even got involved right away with this is you mentioned, we were talking about the Giants, Darius Slayton. Now tell me why, and is this a mistake? Cause it seemed like a mistake. Why is Darius Slayton $5,300 in FanDuel and how is he not a must start at this point? because we got lucky i found a few random things like that too and i say you he is a must start that chicago giants game um i'm playing both sides of that game that's the game you're going in on you think there's going to be some points scored i think there's going to be points in chicago these are the ones i'm going in on just in general tennessee versus jacksonville chicago versus new york indianapolis versus minnesota and atlanta versus dallas so I actually have some action in some of those games as well. I'm going to throw one lineup at you, and then I want to hear some of either your lineups or your kind of players of the week in FanDuel. Okay. Uh, I have two lineups in the million. I like to always put a, a lineup or two in the million. It's like playing the lottery every week mm -hmm. at times, you know? Um, okay, you ready? I built this one team off the very guy who I should have in my season long. I built this one lineup off of Benny Snell. I found Benny Snell. I think Connor missed practice again. I will change this around if Connor is playing. But say Connor's not playing. I built Benny Snell forty six hundred dollars on FanDuel, and they're playing Denver. Denver, good defense, not great. They're they're missing some pieces over there. Pittsburgh, their first home game. I don't know how much that matters. And I think they got a lot of the rust out in that first half against the Giants. So I built it off of Snell. I then said, okay. Galladay most likely missing game two. I, I went heavy on Marvin Jones last week, and it didn't happen. That Lions offense, at least through the air, it just didn't fully get going. Stafford, eh. I went Marvin Jones again, $6,400. I then backed that up with Darius Slayton, $5,300. So now I have, I have a lot of money now. And I said, you know what? And this is where I need your help. I could afford any quarterback I want. I have Mahomes penciled in right now against the Chargers. I think he's going to put up some points. He put up points in week one, but it wasn't like an all-out Mahomes assault because they just had weapons everywhere. Do I go Mahomes or do I just go straight Lamar, think, even though Lamar actually is a little bit cheaper, thinking that Lamar's just going to put up more. Right now I have Mahomes penciled in. I can get any quarterback I want. What should I do, Mahomes or Jackson? That's a really tough one, but I would go Jackson. Okay. So the, let me explain. I have Mahomes in now because, mm -hmm. again, being able to afford any quarterback, I piggyback the Snell Jones Slayton thing off of heavy Kansas City offense. I went Mahomes, I went Hilaire, and I went Kelsey. Yeah, I like Kelsey a lot. I like Kelsey and a lot. I even had enough money left over after that for one Miles Sanders at flex, which that's a total make or break home run situation there. He's $6,800, which again, if Miles Sanders is who we think he is, might not see the $6,800 price for him much longer at flex. If he's healthy and gets 15, 20 touches, I don't, I also was able to afford the Niners defense, which did not look particularly great, but they're playing the Jets. So I'm kind mm -hmm. of, you know, yeah. Betting the pass line on the Jets yeah. there. So 
Should I keep with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hilaire, or maybe just to hedge a little bit, swap out Mahomes for Jackson? This way, I'm not fully committed to Kansas City. No, I would fully commit to Kansas City. Okay. Yeah. That's lineup one. What do you grade that lineup on uh, using one to 10? 10 being like, I think you have a real chance of winning the Sunday Million, Jerry. I would say like a seven because I'm concerned about both Miles Sanders and Benny Snell because I'm not sure Benny Snell's going to play. I'm not sure he's really as good as he looked last week. And Miles Sanders is just coming back from injury. And I feel like for $6,800, if he's in a flex, you could get like, I think you could get uh, like an Amari Cooper. You could put a Jonathan Taylor in there. We know he's going to play. And you know he's going to tear up the Minnesota defense. They stunk last week. Well, let's That's see. Why receivers at 6,800 or less? The O line um, in Philadelphia concerns me. Well, wide receivers, 6,800 6, less. Diggs, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, uh, Chark, AJ Brown. A lot of questions. Uh, running backs, 6,800 or less. Uh, Miles Sanders, as we mentioned. Melvin Gordon, but that Pittsburgh defense looks ferocious. My man, Moster, Drake, Mark Ingram. I don't know. You don't think it's like a worthwhile Mostert. bet? Um, yeah, I mean, it's totally worthwhile. It's all about, that's the thing. It's gambling. It's it's a bet. <laughs> it's fun. Like you should have, it's fun. And what does this cost us? $9? Uh, I think this is enter? actually four bucks to enter. $4. Yeah, $4. The Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, do you I have- I love the Kansas City stack. Do, I'm going to read my second lineup after we get some players from you. Do you have some players to watch in FanDuel this week? Um, either for I our mean, contest or any contest? I totally do. I always do. Um, let's see, let me get I wrote a few numbers down here. Okay. So the three Colts I mentioned earlier, I really like, so that's Paris Campbell, who's only 5,300 on FanDuel. Remember he tied T Y Hilton for team high in targets with nine. They're facing the Minnesota this week. Last week, Minnesota gave up the most points to the wide receiver position and using half point PPR scoring, that's 57.4. Half-point PPR scoring is basically what FanDuel uses. So whenever you're yeah. thinking about how you're stacking your players, think about how the scoring is. It is a half-point PPR. That's how you should think of it. I have a couple um, inexpensive picks. Let's and go with the inexpensive so let's picks. go with them. I really want – I'm definitely going to have some exposure to a $5,200 CD lamb. So this Atlanta-Dallas game has the highest point total in Vegas. You know it's going to be a shootout. And it turns out that CeeDee Lamb actually had one more target and nine more yards than Michael Gallup did last week. Now, you could argue that Michael Gallup was owned about, you know, owed about 47 more yards, but whatever. You can, we can <laughs> talk about that later. Dallas Cowboys fans, just join me in the chat. Um, but really what we're seeing is they're not afraid to get C.D. Lamb involved in this game. And you know they're going to be looking at Amari Cooper. I love Amari Cooper. He's actually not that expensive. I love Michael Gap. I love all three of these receivers. But C.D. Lamb is the one that's most affordable at 5200 And then if you want to play the other side, one thing people may or may not realize is last week, Atlanta, well, first of all, let me say this. Atlanta gave up the most points to the quarterback position last week. They absolutely let Russ cook. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that Russ is so good, but it also has to do with Atlanta's not very good defensively. Dak is going to have a day. So this is part of how I'm trying to afford Dak, right? So I'm going to stack him with CeeDee Lamb, um, maybe also Amari Cooper. So on the other side, I want you to look at Russell Gage, $5,300. Last week, Atlanta had three receivers with 12 targets, 
nine receptions, and over 100 yards. Now, as we know, Ridley was the one that got into the end zone twice, but he's a little more pricey. So if you're looking to fit a piece in here that's a little less expensive, Russell Gage, absolutely a bargain. Of course, Julio Jones is a great play, as well as Calvin Ridley. So those are some guys I'm really looking at. And as I was talking about earlier, good chalk. You know, there's bad chalk and there's good chalk, right? There's players that everybody's in on, but it's not going to help you. Last week, that happened to be Boston Scott. Everybody bought Boston Scott. It didn't do anybody any good. It also happened to be probably Deshaun Jackson at one point, who missed all these deep targets. It looked terrible. It was a terrible, yeah. terrible call. Um, hopefully, he'll get back into it. But last week, it ended up being um, Boston Scott. Then there's good chalk. And that would have been, you know, Christian McCaffrey. He, he scored both of you. Lamar Jackson. So the good chalk for this week, and that means a lot of people are going to own him, to me, is Derrick Henry. Um, it's, it's him versus Jacksonville. He absolutely owns Jacksonville. I see no reason that he won't tear them up this week. Also, guys, don't sleep on Ryan Tannehill. I'm stacking up Titans here. Ryan wow. Tannehill, everyone talks about, like, oh, it's a run-first game. He's not valuable. No, he put up 20 points last week, which is – more than a lot of quarterbacks and he has now eight games in a row where he's thrown for at least two touchdowns and he also makes plays with his legs so he's an expensive seven thousand on FanDuel. i wouldn't i would stack him derrick henry and this week aj brown who didn't look good on paper last week but he just missed a deep shot i think this week he'll get that so i'm really liking titans this week as well you have I, mentioned I Tannehill before, and it's <laughs> fitting that we're talking about the aforementioned Derrick Henry on this podcast again, because uh, I'm not going to lie. Not that I'm rooting against him or anything like that, but I can't go 0-2. So if he puts up a day, I'm probably not going to play him in FanDuel at all because I'm playing him in season long. That's my other issue that sometimes happens to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see him getting like 34 carries for 230 yards and three he touchdowns totally and i get the text message saying like and Devonte adams two catches for 17 yards and that would have been the trade that would have won my week and made my season oh nah. God, i hope that doesn't happen um i got a second lineup in the million that i think is worth discussing out loud and i i, I like the first lineup i read as like a home run feast or famine lineup this is a little bit of a safer lineup that I think actually has a chance to put up big points. So Josh Allen, who, you know, $8,200 yes. expensive. He's up there, but for whatever reason, the dolphins to me always seem to, they're, they're similar to the lions where they're always in those weird fourth quarter games where just shit goes crazy. And Buffalo has the tendency to do that as well. I, I don't think there's gonna be a ton of points scored, but I think we might see like a, Two, two passing, two rushing touchdown performance from Josh Allen. So I think it's worth taking a piece of him. Um, I, I, you know, because he's so expensive, I had to kind of tell I went Hines for 5,500. I, uh, I don't yep. know if he's particularly going to catch two touchdowns again. I don't, I mean, is he really going to have four touchdowns in the first two weeks? Possible. Uh, I went Malcolm Brown for 5,200. I don't love, love that pick, but I think it's the safest of the Rams playing for 5,200. I think he was in there because I needed to get a little spice at receiver. And this might be prisoner of the moment. I got Devontae Adams for $8,600 on the, with this lineup. I got Thielen, who I think Thielen might yes. just be a guy who might just make one big play a week, even if it's in garbage time. I mean, you know, I think Thielen's production has declined a little bit, but I think $7,300 for Thielen right now on FanDuel is really, really good value. I've got him everywhere. And I went, I went Juju. 
I mean, nice. Juju also is just a fun guy to root for. He's just a fun guy to have on your team and root for. Uh, again, I really do think the Steelers figured it out in the second half of that Giants game. Part, part that could partially be because the Giant defense uh, wasn't great. Um, I got Aaron Jones at flex for seventy four hundred. It's a well balanced team. I, I'm sticking with the Niners on D, but I wanted to talk most about this is my my best value in all of Fanduel for this week. Okay. And I got to think of a way to work this player's name into my season-long team name somehow. We talk about funny fantasy team names. We've talked about them at the top of the show. Noah Fant is $5,300 at tight end. Now, I know it's Pittsburgh's vaunted defense. I get it. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if, if they're going to have enough time to throw down the field vertically to Jude. I think Noah Fant might be the security blanket that lock needs i'm going big on noah fant in week two for 50 5300 even against the steeler defense i love that lineup i think that i think that's a winning lineup i really do i like everything about it i mean i love what? adam Thielen. adam Thielen saw nine targets next most targets on his team last week was four he is the guy kirk cousins is gonna throw to him you're gonna get into the end zone there how how could i work and and we might need you guys on Twitter to send some ideas of how I could work Noah Fant's name into some of my team names. Don't you want to want to Fanta? <laughs> I, I mean, Fant hardly wait. Fanta. I'm thinking of so many ways to replace Fant into my team names. I, I need some suggestions because it's been my shining light of the season to this point. So, uh, Noah Fant, $5,300. Um, anything else on the FanDuel side, Jen, you want to discuss before we wrap up? Uh, I'm just going to say one other trick with with uh, the FanDuel lineup sometimes. Like, you know, we're looking at this Chicago Giants game. We're just talking about Darius Slayton. But you may not want to play Daniel Jones. You may actually want to play Mitch Trubisky with A-Rob, who, by the way, is in these contract negotiations, which means, you know, maybe he'll be disgruntled. Who knows? Maybe he'll be playing to show, hey, you want to have me on your team next year. If you can get Mitch Trubisky as well as Anthony Miller and A-Rob, which I do believe you can, I think Anthony Miller's about 5,700. That's a great set. And then put Darius Slayton going back the other way. I think sometimes what people don't realize is it's really a smart move. If you believe in a certain game, play both sides a little bit. Pick one player from the other side to kind of send some points back your way. So I really like that Giants and Giants and Chicago matchup for that reason. And just throw that on the TV. Don't even change the channel. You got all the players you want to root for right That's on right. that TV. Just throw that on the TV and don't even just put the remote away and go grab a drink. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Again, thank you to Will Carroll who called in and gave us some injury insight. As always, thank you, Jen, for talking me through this because I quit the show last week. We knew that. Uh, so I did glad not... we got you back. Thanks, Noah Fan, for bringing Jerry back. We, we have Noah to blame for the, for having to listen to me talk about fantasy. Um, cannot go 0-2 in three leagues. That cannot happen. So I need to be sharp. Um, yeah, guys. And uh, let us know any of your lineup situations, too, on Twitter. I am at Jerry Ferrara. Jen, what is your Twitter handle again? At Jen Piacenti. Yes. And please, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, we appreciate that. Subscribe if you're not already officially subscribed on whatever platform you listen to us on. And do the rate and review thing. I know every podcast host says rate and review. You know what? I would like to genuinely read your reviews. 
Give us some rate and reviews. Try to keep it positive. But uh, you know what? I'll, I'll take whatever you have for us. Either way, we just appreciate yeah. you guys listening. Uh, we do. Thank, thank you, Jen. I wish everybody good luck this week because I sure as heck will need it. And we will see you first thing Monday morning for some instant reactions. Thank you, guys.